Welcome to the Layman's Homily. This is our fourth episode, and we're glad you can join us again here. I am Brandon Darienzo, alongside my brother, Tony. And this week we're going to be talking about hope. So without further ado, we're going to get started. Okay, Tony, what is hope? It's a good question. So, last week we talked about love. So, the last episode we talked about love, the love of God, the love of neighbor, which that can also be referred to as the theological virtue of charity. So, this week we're talking about another of the theological virtues, which is hope. So before I get into defining what hope is, I need to define a couple of other terms first. So first, what is a virtue? So virtue is classically defined as a mean between two extremes. I'm going to get a little bit more into this with regards to hope in a bit. But before we do that, a theological virtue is a virtue that we cannot attain on our own, but is given to us through baptism, as opposed to human virtues, which we can cultivate through our own effort. So there are four human virtues and three theological virtues. Um, So the three theological virtues are faith, hope, and charity. So we sort of dived into a little bit of charity last week when we talked about love. So hope, as defined by the Catechism of the Catholic Church, is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. So that's Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1817, if you want to look that up. Um, So basically, it's a joyful expectation of good things to come and a trust and God, that those good things will come. Okay. That's an interesting distinction. I've never heard that before, that there are four virtues that you can attain, or human virtues you can attain by your own, by practice and experience, and then there are three theological virtues that you literally can't attain by human effort. Yeah. So, they're in, yeah, they are infused in our baptism, huh. infused by God onto our souls when we're baptized. Okay. Um, the theological virtues. The human yeah. virtues, fortitude, justice, temperance, and prudence. So those those are, they can be yeah cultivated by our own effort, but definitely God can help us grow in those. Mm-hmm. Right. But the theological virtues we cannot attain on our own. Okay. Cool. So if we continue with the definition of a virtue as the mean between two extremes, and that comes from Aristotle's philosophy, what are the two extremes that surround hope? Yeah, so yeah, so hope there's, you know, you can have not enough hope or a lack of hope, and then you can have too much hope, and we want to be right in the middle. So if you don't have enough hope, if you have a lack of hope, that would fall into the sin of despair. Um, where 
where you you don't trust in in God's promises or don't trust enough, um, and so that leads to yeah this this despair, and that's like really common in our society today because a lot of people don't believe in God first of all, and if you don't believe in God, you can't really have hope, um, and so a lot of people today like live with this despair. Um, I'll, I'll tie this to an, a scriptural example, Judas. So Judas, like when, you know, after he betrays Christ, he has this despair because he's like, I, I've sinned and betrayed innocent blood, but I don't have hope in being forgiven. Mm-hmm. And so he goes and commits suicide. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the, that's more prevalent than having too much hope. Um, which going into that having too much hope now that that can be classified as the sin of presumption so we think so the definition of that is we think that because god will forgive us we have a license to sin so for instance you know i you know hypothetically i schedule time for confession on let's say Monday or something and Sunday night I'm like okay I know I'm going to go to confession tomorrow so I'm just going to do whatever I'm Hmm. just going to dive into all this sin because I know God's got me Hmm. and that's not good because that's yeah falls in that's the sin of presumption okay yeah with with the despair example of Judas I've heard that the only difference between the difference between Judas and Peter, they both they both forsake Jesus in a way. Peter abandoned Jesus, but Peter asked for forgiveness and Judas didn't. Yeah, Peter Peter trusts um, that God will forgive him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he goes he goes back weeping, but then like you notice like as soon as he finds out that you know Jesus. Is, risen from the dead like in the gospel of john mm-hmm. like when they're going out fishing and and they find out that jesus is on the shore peter just jumps right into the sea and yeah. starts swimming towards him um because like peter knows that peter trusts in that forgiveness yeah okay so can you give us some examples of hope from scripture Certainly. So, a couple of key examples um, we find in the Old Testament. So, we'll start with the Old Testament. Um, Abraham. Abraham is our father in faith. He's also our father in hope as well. Um, for instance, so when Abraham sacrifices his son Isaac, this is Genesis chapter 22, I believe. Um so when Abraham is about to sacrifice his son Isaac, God, God tells him, Hey, Abraham, go um, go take your son Isaac and bring him up to the mountain. Your, your beloved son, your only one, your only son whom you love, bring him up to this mountain and offer him as a burnt holocaust to me. Now, God has already promised Abraham that he would give him numerous descendants like descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sands of the seashore through Isaac 
through Isaac, through his own issue. Right. And Abraham is like, huh? What? He, but he trusts that he trusts in in the promise of God. Yeah. That that it would be fulfilled in some some miraculous way. There would be some fulfillment of that promise, so he does it. An immense amount of trust in the Lord. Really, this hope is is trust. Um, there are a lot of places in the Psalms of David, which is my second scriptural example of the old from the Old Testament, is mm-hmm. the the Psalms of David. A lot of them talk about hope and trust. Um, for instance, um, Psalm sixteen. The, the first verse, it says, Keep me safe, O God, in you I take refuge. Now, that's that's one translation. However, if you go to the, the Vulgate Latin, a more literal translation is, Preserve me, O Lord, for I have hoped in you. Like the literal Latin word is, that is used is hoped. Gotcha. So... That's just one example. There are countless other examples in the Psalms where David is saying, I'm placing my trust, I'm placing my hope in you, God. Mm -hmm. Um, So so those are the Old Testament examples. Um, But there's plenty in the New Testament as well. Um, Start with Simeon, um, whom we talked about a couple of podcasts ago in reference to the presentation of the Lord. And Saint John the Baptist, um, these these people were like placed their hope in the promise that they would get to see the Messiah, and they they were they were able to. Simeon behold, beholds the Christ child. He's promised by the Holy Spirit that he would get behold the Christ child before he dies, and Simeon does, and mm-hmm. he says, "Now, Master, you may, you may let your servant go in peace." Fair word has been fulfilled. And St. John the Baptist like leaps in the womb of Elizabeth when Christ is is when while well, Christ is still in the womb of Mary, mm-hmm. like comes to to visit Elizabeth. Um and then John the Baptist obviously get well he gets to see Jesus as an adult as well. Like John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. So there's that hope. Speaking of the Blessed Virgin Mary, she is another really good example of hope. Um, Saint Elizabeth says to to Mary um, when Mary comes to visit her in the visitation, "Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord." That's Luke one verse forty five. So that's that's one translation, but you could also probably translate that as blessed is she who trusted in this word being fulfilled like this promise and then the apostles in while they're waiting in the upper room for the holy spirit to come at pentecost they're trusting in the promise that jesus gave them in the last supper discourses in the gospel of john that he would send the holy spirit to them and so while they're waiting, they're waiting in this joyful expectation of the Holy Spirit coming to them. Okay. Yeah, I haven't considered that as an example of hope. Okay, so what are some practical ways not only to start 
having hope in Christ, but also avoiding despair in in our in our work in our in our lives, and maybe maybe during the times where uh, life gets overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So I would say the first first thing is to cultivate the virtue of faith. Um, you can't have hope unless you unless you have faith. Um, you have to believe in God, like believe that he exists, believe that he is good, believe that he is trustworthy in order to be able to actually place your hope in him. Um, as St. Saint, Saint Peter says in his first letter, um, always be prepared to give a defense to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you. That's 1 Peter 3 verse 15. So, right, so this defense, so you know, if you have hope that is in you, you know, you have to be prepared to give that defense, which that defense is your faith. Yeah, so like why do I why do I hope in, in the Lord? Well, because I believe. Right? So that's that's where the, that's where that faith comes in. Okay. So that we cultivating the virtue of faith, that's something that you know we can talk about maybe in a later podcast if we decide to talk about faith. Um that that theological virtue, um, and the other thing, the other practical, is prayer. Like prayer is probably is very is very important. Um, and so there are two two prayers um, that I would recommend. One is really short. Um, it's called the Act of Hope. Um, so there's acts of each of the theological virtues. There's an act of faith, there's an act of hope, there's an act of charity. Um, So the act of hope, it's really short. It's one line. It goes like this. Oh my God, relying on your almighty power and infinite mercy and promises, I hope to obtain pardon for my sins, the help of your grace, and life everlasting through the merits of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Redeemer. Amen. So it's pretty short, and like we talked about last week a little bit, you know, you, you know, if you don't believe it at first, you gotta keep keep repeating it until until you do believe it. So that's the first prayer. That's the first prayer, and the other prayer is really praying with the Psalms of David. So like I talked about in answering the previous question about finding examples in Scripture of hope, um, he expresses a lot of this this stuff like like hoping in the lord mm-hmm. like really praying like asking god for hope like like asking god to like help me to have hope help me to trust in you another prayer that really sticks out at me from what you've been saying is the litany of trust because you've been talking a lot about the theme of trust and through that trust are we we're able to develop hope and so I, that kind of made me think about the litany of trust. Maybe I need to start praying that again. Because mm-hmm. that that's a good one. Yeah. I, I haven't actually prayed that one myself. I've been, right now, mostly been focusing on praying litany of humility. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. That one is hard. Okay, so well, what, what are the things that you do, Tony, to live hope throughout your work day? Um, well, one thing that I, I like is having 
you know, crucifix on my on my desk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and to remind myself, you know, when I'm getting like really like frustrated or bored at work, just being like why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And I look at the I look at my cross, look at the cross and I'm like Jesus, you you sacrificed, help me to help me to trust and help me to trust that what I'm doing is what you want me to do. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. I I also have a crucifix at, at my desk and I have the I have a little whiteboard in my desk and it's uh I've written up the serenity I really like the serenity prayer it's God give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to accept the things to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference and that kind of gives me hope that there's there are things that are out of my control but praying for the courage to change the things that I can yeah and also before before I start working I like to pray the there's a prayer to St. Joseph uh, before the workday, which really gives you a, I think it gives you a good perspective of work because it, it's, it approaches work as a sanctify, work is sanctifying and actually, yeah. like actually work sanctifies us. It says, considering it an honor to employ and develop by means of labor, the gifts received from God to work with order, peace, moderation, and patience never shrinking from weariness and trials to work above all with purity of intention and detachment from self. And and that was just a, a snippet of it. It's a really beautiful prayer. It, it's it's on catholicgentleman.com. It's called mm-hmm. a prayer to St. Joseph before work. So that's another that's another little thing I like to do to help instill a little bit of hope for me before Yeah, I've been meaning I'm meaning print that out and have like a little put it on my desk yeah um so i can know to pray it but remember to pray it before work yeah because yeah saint joseph is the patron of workers and and yeah like you said work is sanctifying it goes back to the beginning Mm -hmm. um of like when god punishes adam by saying like you know you shall like work shall be a burden yeah and so that's kind of giving an explanation for why a lot of times work sucks. But it's the remedy. Yeah. It's the remedy it's the remedy for us getting back to communion with with God. So St. Thomas Aquinas, going back to the Summa Theologiae. So the way the way that this is set up, just to give you a little context, um, is it's it asks you a que- it asks a question. So Saint Thomas Aquinas asks himself a question, and then writes a bunch of object- objections. And they're not straw man objections. They're like he writes these objections better than, oftentimes better than the person who would normally make that argument would put it. Mm-hmm. And then he refutes those objections. So. One of, the, one of the questions he poses when he's there's a section on hope and one of the questions he asks is whether a man can lawfully hope in man and he answers that that question that 
it sort of depends. So we can turn to the saints. We can ask men for certain things. At so long as they like this is this asking is oriented towards the eternal, our eternal, our last end, which is to be with our Creator. And so, it, as long as that's the end of your hoping in man to like help you on that on that path then that's okay. But as long as but if it's not, then according to Jeremiah 17 verse 5, cursed be the man that trusts in man. Yeah. Any final thoughts on hope, Tony? Yeah, place your trust in the Lord. Don't place your trust in things of this world because they're going to fade away. Place your trust in the Lord and eternal things. Follow the examples. Follow the examples of Abraham, of David, of the Blessed Virgin Mary, placing their trust in the Lord. Um, yeah, and I definitely encourage praying with the Psalms. Okay, so thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. Now we'll move on to our Cloud of Witnesses segment where we talk about the upcoming feast days for the week. Tony, start us off. All right, so February 22nd, so this Tuesday, we celebrate the most important feast for all chair kind, the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter. So, you know, have a party with your office chair, your, you know, your comfy chair at home. Couches, unfortunately, don't get... Don't get to celebrate because they're not chairs. Um, but all kidding aside, um, it commemorates not really the physical chair, but the office of the papacy. Um, St. Peter is the first pope, and there is an unbroken line of apostolic succession from him, from St. Peter himself, to our current pope, Pope Francis. As, as Jesus says to St. Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. That's Matthew 16, verse 18. Um, it's, it also celebrates the, the teaching office of the church. Um, so that's the ordinary magisterium. That's the teaching office of the church. And truths that are proclaimed in the extraordinary, which is ex cathedra, which... I mean, it translates to from the chair, literally from the chair. <laughs> so that's where we get our word cathedral. Yeah. The seat of the bishop of the diocese or archdiocese. Right. So, you know, we're celebrating on this feast, the, the, you know, the, 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 seat. the seat of the bishop of Rome. Right. In Vatican City. In the in Basilica of St. St. John Lateran. Not oh, St. John Lateran. You're right. Not St. Peter. Common misconception among Catholics that the the Cathedral of Rome is St. Peter's. It is not. It is Basilica of St. John Lateran, which is not in Vatican City, but is still in the city of Rome. Um, so yeah, so that's so that's what we celebrate. We celebrate the the office of the papacy and the office, the teaching office of the church. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. It's, it's really great. So, yeah, really encourage you to pray for the Pope um, yeah. on the Feast of the 
chair of St. Peter because he is in that line of succession. Yes. So Brandon, you have another saint you want to talk about? Yes. St. Polycarp? On February 23rd is the feast day of St. Polycarp. He was the bishop of Smyrna around 160 AD. Not, not Georgia, not Smyrna, Georgia, but Smyrna in Europe. And he was the, one of the first saints in the second generation of the church. So what do I mean by this? The first generation being the apostles who literally interacted with Jesus, touched Jesus, walked with Jesus, heard Jesus speak. So St. Polycarp did not, but he was a disciple of St. John the Apostle. So he was able to hear stories from the apostles, from St. John of Jesus. So he had a very strong connection to Christ and this was a crucial time period of the church uh, when the apostles had all passed away so he was the first secondary witness. He had to fight heresies during this time period Mm -hmm. such as the Marcionites. There was a wave of persecution against Christians during his uh, during his uh, role as bishop under Marcus Aurelius and they were persecuting Christians in Smyrna and the Christian martyrs there were extremely courageous and so Marcus Aurelius and and the uh, persecutors the soldiers were wondering who's teaching these people who is teaching these people that they're so courageous and uh, some intel gives them Polycarp it's Polycarp and so they find Polycarp is this 86 year old man at this point old guy they find him arrest him and they try to burn him at the stake. Legend has it that the fire forms a wall around him. And so he, his body just kind of singes. And so they had to uh, stab him to kill him. And his body smelt of burnt frankincense. Not It wasn't a bad smell. It was actually a really pleasant smell. And I also wanted to read verse 8 of one of his letters to the church in Philippi. Let us then hold steadfastly and unceasingly to our hope and to the pledge of our righteousness, that is, Christ Jesus. So I thought that was a cool line, especially since we're talking about hope. Mm -hmm. There aren't many letters surviving of Polycarp, but he certainly was a, he certainly kept the church strong during the second generation. Yeah, he was a disciple, direct disciple of St. John. Yes. Um, The... Evangelist. Yep. So, yeah. Really powerful to see that the church continued to grow. A powerful example of how the church continued to grow even after the apostles passed away. Yeah. Um, or were martyred, most of them. So. All right. So that brings that wraps up the Cloud of Witnesses segment. Now let's move on to the Lyrical Lift. Yes, so this Brandon, week's... it's your turn this week, so what do, you, what do you got for us? This week's Lyrical Lift is Macklemore. It's called Good Old Days. And yes, I know it is a Macklemore song, but I do like this song. The, the lyrics go as follows. Still growing up, still growing up, I would lay in my bed and dream about what I'd become. Couldn't wait to get older. Couldn't wait to be someone. Now that I'm here wishing I was still young, those good old days. And it continues, maybe I've been missing what it's all about, been scared of the future, thinking about the past, 
while missing out on now. We've come so far, I guess I'm proud, and I ain't worried about the wrinkles around my smile. I've got some scars, I've been around, I've felt some pain, I've seen some things, but I'm here now, those good old days. So the reason why I think this song speaks to me, and I think it's applicable to the spiritual life, is really living in the present and having that hope for the future, hope that we can be transformed no matter what our past was, no matter what, uh, no matter what, you know, how discouraged we are from our past, that we can always, that we're always growing and we're always learning and we can always be transformed. And also not, not trying to grow up so fast, like letting, part of this is letting God the Father be, yeah, living as a son and letting him be the father and trying not to grow up so fast because we'll miss out on the present. Yeah. If that, if that relates to anything you... Yeah, I think one thing too is that God, so God, you know, the only place we can meet God is the present. Yeah. Because like we exist in time, but God exists outside of time. Like to God, all things are present, but to us, only the present is present. So he can, like, we can only meet God in the present. Yeah. No, um, definitely. And so, like, if we if we blink, we might miss what he's trying to show us yeah. in the present. Yeah. And this is a good song of, like, not being consumed with the past, but having that hope. Yeah. All right. So that will wrap up this week's episode. A few final things before we wrap up. First... If you like what you heard, or even if you didn't, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review. This will help us reach more people and get the good news out to a world which desperately needs to hear it. Second, we want to hear from you, dear listeners. If you have questions about anything we've discussed on this episode, previous episodes, or anything in general, please send them via email to laymanshomily at gmail.com. That's L-A-Y-M-A-N-S-H-O-M-I-L-Y at gmail.com. Finally, please pray for us and know that we are praying for you through the intercession of the patron of this week's or of this podcast, St. Joseph. God bless you this week, and we look forward to speaking to you all next week. This has been the Layman's Homily. Thank you.